0: Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm excited that we have Dr. Andy Scuttinga in the studio. And he is uh, going to talk to us about what's going on in our heads, given the current situation. A lot of us are going to be kind of uh, isolating and holding up and being by ourselves. And sometimes that can create some uh, of unique mental issues. And I want to ask him, because uh, we're social creatures, we like being together. And when we can't be together, how does it affect our our minds, and our our, our psychological uh, disposition. But let me start with a passage out of Romans 15 to get things started. In verse 13 it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's going to set the stage for a great hour. Dr. Andy Scuttinger will take 60 seconds and be right back. What
1: is your risk of getting coronavirus? At present, your risk is low, much less than getting or dying from the flu. This year, 15 to 20 million people in the U.S. will get the flu, requiring 10 million doctor's visits, a quarter of a million hospitalizations, and around 20,000 deaths. The good news is, as it gets warmer, both the flu and coronavirus begin to disappear, giving us a window to develop a vaccine. A helpful message from the Christian Medical and Dental Associations.
0: At Faith Radio, we believe in the power of prayer. We have a way you can submit your prayer requests and have others pray for you. Just go to MyFaithRadio.com and click on the link that says Prayer Works. You'll see a button that says Add a Prayer. Click that and then submit your request. You can also pray for other requests listed
1: and then click I Prayed. Experience how prayer changes things through Prayer Works at MyFaithRadio.com.
0: All right, welcome back to the show. My guest, Dr. Andy Scudinger is a professor of psychology at North Central University, and we're awfully glad to have him back in the studio. Andy, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back again. Yeah, well, okay, a lot of people are hearing this social distancing yeah. and isolating and going and being alone or without fellowship, can't go to church, you watch everything online, people are spending a lot of time alone. Yeah. <laughs> and i bet that raises all kinds of issues. <laughs> it does. I mean, we're created to be relational people. So mm-hmm. this is a challenge
1: especially for those extroverts who really thrive on personal contact every yeah. day. Yeah. It's this is going to be much harder for extroverts than introverts. Yeah, it's an introverts
0: paradise, isn't
1: it? It is. Uh, there's been like probably 20 memes i've seen that people have sent me or i've seen online of that exact same thing. Like Wait, you want me to stay home? <laughs> really? Yeah. This, is, this is like my dream come yeah. true. Not right? interact with people? Yeah, yeah. so it, it's, it's, that's a significant piece of this gigantic puzzle that we're dealing with is now people need to socially isolate. And if you're not doing that right now, you need to socially isolate. You, I mean, it's, it's so obvious that's the smartest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Here's the great point or the great part about this. For all the complaining that we do about technology, it's there. Oh, boy. And, man, if, if this isn't the time to start learning how to FaceTime your parents yep. or your parents learning how to FaceTime your kids or learning all those interesting things that you can do with Snapchat or Instagram, mm-hmm. all those things that create all kinds of problems for people, well, now turn it around into something that's valuable for you and make, make good use of it.
0: And we're, we're supposed to do uh, physical distancing, not yeah. emotional. Exactly. So, uh, now time to wrap up the, the emotional connection and start to... Spend way more time reaching out to people, uh, uh, like you say, FaceTiming, uh, emailing, phoning, just getting on, hearing another uh, friendly voice. Yeah, Skype, Zoom, there's all kinds of different tools like that that you can use.
1: Like North Central University, we have Zoom as a way to connect with people. You know, we can do, we have a meeting Thursday, for example, that we're going to do all on Zoom. It's Mm -hmm. safe and we're still going to get work done. We can do advising that way. So there's there's plenty of ways out there that you can find um, that you can connect with people in your family, your friends, you really can go outside, walk the dog, and talk to the neighbor. Just of don't stand two feet from each other. I wouldn't stand that close to my neighbor anyway. I mean, Larry <laughs> and Deb are great, but I don't want to stand right next to them. Yeah. I like having a little bit of distance anyway. So there's lots of positive things that you can do, and maybe this is a great opportunity for a lot of our listeners out there to, when they see their neighbors outside, go talk to them. Because you're outside, you're not in an enclosed area. It's not 12 degrees outside anymore. I know we're supposed to get snow here pretty soon, but that'll probably melt. So there's, there's ample opportunity to go around the neighborhood and maybe get to know people without standing right next to them
0: or touching them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk, Andy, about fear and anxiety because mm-hmm. uh, if you have some of it, it's probably uh, been ratcheted up a little. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is such a
1: unique time. I mean, I I just was doing literally an online lecture this morning about um, health psychology to my abnormal psych class. And one of the points was how when you have low grade levels of stress and that's amped up, it causes health problems. And so the, the the real task for many people right now is to reduce their stress as much as possible because we're already in a stressful environment. I mean, let's not kid ourselves this is this is really stressful once in a lifetime sort of thing yeah i i was talking to somebody the other day about this how there's there is no precedence for something like this not in not in modern history you know unless you consider the 1918 spanish flu pandemic modern history Mm -hmm. i mean something the last 50 years we've not seen anything quite like this Mm -hmm. and i was telling my boys this morning this isn't like 9-11 where like this is a repeat of a terrorist act we can't That's something that we can go back to and say, oh, I remember when that happened. I know what to do now or I know what comes next. That uncertainty is probably what bothers people the most because when people have unpredictable and uncontrolled lives, they start to feel a lot more anxiety. Mm -hmm. So it's sometimes healthy at places like this in time to control the right things in your life that you can control. You know, if you're worried about having not enough food, not enough water in your house, not enough essentials take control of the situation, put on your gloves if you want, uh, put on a mask if you want, and just go to the store and buy the things that you need. Um, so you don't have that piece of anxiety hanging over your mm-hmm. head. I, I think that's okay. I don't think anyone is saying you cannot leave your home for anything. You, We need to eat, right, and mm-hmm. we need to get the, the essentials. So I'm not uh, I'm not a health expert, so I don't want to talk about what you should and shouldn't do, you know, with your hands and your mouth and your face right. and all those kinds of right. things. but. Control the things that you can control and you'll you'll feel a little bit of relief in that anxiety and understand the things that you cannot control.
0: Yeah. I think one of the biggest concerns for many is a disruption to their routine, unlike any other time in their life. Yeah. Because you can say, well, get your exercise. Well, maybe you can't because the gym is closed, um, if that's your primary way of getting exercise. Um, Meeting in groups, you know, I was asking a friend of mine today who goes to a uh, AA meeting. I said, you know, what about the people in those environments? And they said, well, we've stopped meeting. And you start to think, uh-oh, you know, there's going to be, hopefully, uh, with anxiety and stress in people's lives, yeah. what kind of bad habits can they fall into? Uh, will there be binge eating? Uh, you know, what kind of things could could happen as a result of this isolation?
1: That's an excellent point. Yeah, there's all kinds of those habit-forming things that you've worked so long to do. Right, They they are going to be disrupted. And the first piece of that is just awareness of that fact. And the second piece is, okay, what can I do to substitute for that? Right, Or how can I maintain my routines? Maybe if you're used to going to a group at 4 o'clock every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, maybe you don't go there, but maybe you set aside the time and say, I'm going to read my 12 steps. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm Mm -hmm. going to do something in that routine spot to take the place of that. Mm -hmm. So I get today and yesterday, I'm getting all these, you know, alerts on my calendar. Time for class, right? Right. Time for lecture. You need to go to class. You need to go to your lecture. And so my, my choice now is, do I actually do the lectures and record them during those times or not? I'm choosing not to because I actually like flexibility and I'm happy with I'm kind of happy with this. Well, I can do it when I feel like it as long as I'm on time. But that's not everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those habit-formed things, you, I would recommend that anybody try to hang on to those as much as possible within, you know,
0: a safe understanding of their space and their time and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then prioritizing having a structured uh, workday when you're home. Because, I mean, really? you've got a million distractions at home. Oh, yeah. Especially if the kids are home or... Know the, the dogs you or you know what I mean or oh, there's yeah. or there's a press conference on television you want to find out what the latest is right yeah honestly
1: for myself I don't I haven't been reading a ton of the news and I don't watch it okay because I follow it enough to know what's going on and and I leave it at that but that's that's my choice I mean everybody has different levels of this I would suggest that anyone who is turning this into an obsession on news maybe maybe watch a little bit less. You know, keep informed. But if you're finding that you're watching every press conference and that ratchets up your anxiety every time you watch, maybe don't watch so much of it. I, I, I don't want anybody to think putting your head in the sand is a good idea. That's, that's foolishness, right? Mm-hmm. But when you recognize that something that you keep doing is increasing your anxiety, don't keep doing it. Find something different to do. Maybe ask someone to summarize what the news has said for you Mm -hmm. or read summary reports. You know, everybody's got phones now with news feeds and maybe choose one or two things to read instead of 12 articles in a row. Right. Because all of a sudden an hour later, you've realized I've spent an hour looking at every which way the coronavirus can bounce between people. Yeah. And I've seen a hundred charts on that and I'm still afraid of getting sick. Well, are you at home? Are you washing your hands? Are you doing all the right things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's what you can control.
0: Stick with that. And- Choose to worry less. You sound like a really wise, smart psychologist right now. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I want to let you uh, ask Andy any question you like. So send me a text message, 877-933-2484. I've got a great uh, question here from uh, Terry. So I'm going to start with that. But I'm going to first go to break. Again, the number is 877-933-2484. 877 877-93, faith Be right back. Thank <laughs> you. All right, we're back with Dr. Andy Skuttinger, psychologist, professor, North Central University. Here's a question that came in. Andy, this is uh, from my wingman, Terry. Um, Have you seen the social shaming that has arose from the pandemic scare? At the the grocery store or convenience store, the dirty looks that people uh, get when they have the misfortune of sneezing (laughs) in public. So I've seen people actually turn around and glare. At the offending person my natural reaction to these unfortunate people have been you know complete empathy yeah but if he said but if i feel like i have a cough or a sneeze coming i'll do my best to drop anything i have and race for the door
1: yeah social shame that's fascinating isn't it mm-hmm. you know a week ago just think what are you doing out one week ago you could sneeze anywhere in public and I know. no one would look at you cross-eyed right. now and good luck one week later you're like a villain Possibly spreading a disease to everyone in the country that's um that 's unfortunate and i 'm i 'm sure we're going to see all kinds of stuff like that where people just behave poorly because they 're scared. I mean how many things do we do because of insecurity and fear and it 's not always a low grade or a you know like a major fear, but it 's that fear inside of us don 't don 't sneeze by me, I could get sick from you well You're right. We sneeze all the time and nobody nobody cares about it. Yeah, it was interesting last night. We, um, our family, was thinking we should go to the library before no. it closes. right? <laughs> yeah. we need yeah. to get some books to read. Right, so we went to the library last night. We looked it up, and all the County libraries closed today. So we had an hour and a half to go to the library and get some books. And I thought, what is it going to be like? And our one of our sons has had a cough for a while. It's, it's not coronavirus. It's, it's something unrelated. But he was coughing. We're like, don't cough in the library. He said, I don't, I'm afraid to cough. Somebody might get mad at me. We thought, yeah, somebody might get mad at you. Just ignore them and move on. You know, cover your mouth.
0: Yeah. It is interesting because we're still in the flu season, too. Oh, yeah. And people have allergies like crazy coming up as Absolutely. the weather starts to warm up, and people are going to have their normal allergy where they sneeze. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's gotten, it's
1: unfortunate yeah. because again people do strange things when they're afraid or when they're insecure you know it's mm-hmm. like bullies went in school the bullies are there was the insecure kids right oh yeah they pick on people for those reasons and so people who are afraid are going to do things that are, are fear-based and and this is a time of life where we have to be extra graceful and extra kind and just forgive people if they if we think they're offending us or whatever and it's that's just how it's going to have to be for uh, for several months, I think.
0: Yeah, if we can just lead with compassion.
1: Yeah, it's always a good way to start. We your just day. don't
0: know what people are going through, and everyone's doing their best. And, right. You know, think of the people who are out that have no one to help them. No one is showing up to give them a ride to anywhere or pick up groceries for them. And yeah. the body of Christ can certainly make a big difference right now.
1: My wife sent an email out to our, our school the other day that encouraged people to do exactly that. Yeah. you know while you're while you're at home maybe check in on your elderly neighbors make right. sure they don't need something right um we walked by we took the dog for a walk through the night and we have a couple of neighbors that we've gotten to know a little bit and they're both in their mid to late 70s and bethany said can we do you need us to go get you some groceries cuz their kids live far away from here mm-hmm. they're not going to they can't just drive over there you know 4 or 5 hours away and she said oh no we have we have enough stuff for a couple of weeks now we we actually went out you know she was like Almost like we snuck out of the neighborhood and went and got our stuff. And so it was kind of a fun conversation. But she, that was clearly meaningful to her that we offered to do that. And I'm I'm saying this on the radio to say these are the little
0: things that we can do for our neighbors that wouldn't be too taxing for us. This next question, uh, Andy, probably represents a lot of people. I'm stressed out about the economic fallout in my family. How can I mentally, spiritually, emotionally prepare for what might happen?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, thanks for asking that. It it's challenging because there's so much that we really don't know, right? And how do you prepare for something that you that you don't know? Um, and everybody's at their own level of economic stability, right? You know, we're, we're have,
0: close to the margin right now.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of families who literally are paycheck to paycheck, and some of them are. They make plenty of money, but they're still paycheck to paycheck, right? right? Because they're maxed out on a mortgage or cars or or you know travel expenses, whatever, whatever it may be. Maybe they're supporting a missionary someplace, and it's it's hard to know what to prepare for. Um, I would I would recommend these things. Just take a good hard look at where you're at financially right now, and if you know, start planning for things like if one of us or both of us, if you're a dual income house, if one of us loses a job, what can we afford? What well, can we stretch out? You know, there's budgetary things that you can take a look at. Maybe that means dropping your cable TV for a few months. Maybe that means you probably don't want to lose Wi-Fi. That's a, that's something that most people need to hang on to for work reasons or for whatnot, connecting to family. But there's other things. How to, uh, you know, if plan for the worst and hope for the best. That's a. I actually think that's pretty wise advice that you hear from people. Plan mm-hmm. for the worst, hope for the best. It usually ends up somewhere in between. But it, again, it goes back to the things that you can and you can't control. You can control your own finances by manipulating the way that you spend money, but you can't control what your company's going to do. You can't control what other companies are going to do or how the stock market falls or rises. Those mm-hmm. are things that are out of our control. And spending time worrying a lot about those things that you can't control isn't great. Is it worth thinking about and being wary of? Absolutely. I mean, you can't just fly through the night and be like, well, whatever happens, happens, and yeah. God will take care of me. Well, God will take care of us, but you have to do a little of the work yourself, too. And it's a, it's a hard balance to find.
0: Yeah. Andy, the next question I know is going to uh, apply to a lot of people because we have this question all over the, the place, is what's going on in our minds when we want to start stockpiling? Um, this listener named Gabby said, my question is related to the topic of food and other essentials. Yeah. That everyone is stocking up on do you think that people who cannot afford to buy groceries in bulk or maybe rely on food stamps or government funding are at a loss in this situation in other words should people be a little more sparing on the amount of bulk items that they buy yes I think so what's our what's our mindset that says we need more of this than ever before because we may run out I think it goes back to just basic fear we're afraid. We're afraid that we're going to be the house that runs out
1: of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. We're going to be the family that runs out of food. We're going to be the ones that run out of X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we were talking about in the break, the supply chain is still in a pretty good position and we know that people can still go to work to deliver goods to stores. Um, I think the government has been very clear about the fact that stores, essential products, will will be here. Um, and yeah, it's it's really hard for us not to panic and grab as much stuff as we possibly can because you don't know right but we we kind of do know we, we do know that a lot of these things are going to be there the toilet paper manufacturers have said look, we're working 24-7, we Mm -hmm. are behind, but there's going to be toilet paper there. There's not going to be a global shortage of toilet paper because most of it's actually in people's basements or their (laughs) pantries right now. It's not like that toilet paper burned up in a fire. It's in somebody's house. So you toilet paper hoarders out there, maybe the neighborhood thing you can do is ask your neighbors, do you have enough TP? Yeah. Because if you don't, I know a guy. Right. Yeah. If you
0: get short, let me know. Yeah.
1: You can be that guy. Yeah. Right? Right. Maybe you can drop it off on their door. Yeah. But, but it's, you know, if you're, if you're going to Cub or Hy-Vee or, or I don't know, I don't know
0: are other grocery stores out there. Well, we have listeners from all over the country, so it's hard yeah. to tell. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. go
1: to your grocery store, right? If there's one or two boxes of mac and cheese, maybe get something else. You know, do you, do you need to have that mac and cheese? Probably not. Maybe somebody else can have that. You know, think about buying that way make sure that there are people in your life who have enough food for the next 2 weeks and if they don't maybe stop by and bring them something mm-hmm. like that but the whole hoarding thing is almost always based on control and fear you know people with hoarding disorder have significant fear issues and they have control issues and those things can kind of kind of snowball downhill if you're not careful with it now if you're worried about hoarding food for the next few weeks you're obviously not you're not in danger of having hoarding disorder. Mm-hmm. That's that's not what we're going with this, but yeah, I empathize with anybody out there who says, "I'm really afraid I'm going to run out of food." And if you're on a fixed income or on food stamps, mm-hmm. that can be extra scary. Yeah. So prepare well. If you can afford to get 2 weeks in advance, that's probably what you should do and then wait for your
0: next availability to afford mm-hmm. more food. Then talk about a, a scarcity mentality. Yeah, does, it, does that represent um, more people than an abundance mentality? Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, and and we're seeing that play out in real time in front of us, right? We are, that's what happened with toilet paper. We're so afraid that it's going to be gone. And what will we do if we don't have toilet paper? Right. And what's ironic is, you know, it's not like we have dysentery running around. We right. have, it's a, it's a respiratory virus I'm I'm shocked that Kleenexes aren't
0: flying off the shelves. There's plenty of those around. But
1: I've heard nothing about that. But if you have the coronavirus, you're probably going to use a Kleenex a lot more. Yeah. You'll be coughing into tissues or blowing your nose a lot more.
0: Yeah. Why
1: haven't those things been taken? Because we haven't developed a scarcity mindset around Kleenexes. But we have around toilet paper. It's... It's an incredible phenomenon, yeah. actually,
0: and some of it, some of food related too. I understand that you want to have less contact in public, so yeah. it makes sense to go out and and try to do some stocking up for a week or so. Sure, it does. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, but it is interesting what gets picked over at the store.
1: Yeah, it is. It is pretty fascinating, actually. I do remember I went to a grocery store. What was it? Friday morning, and everything was there. Everything. Except for toilet paper, <laughs> and I, I asked one of the grocery guys. I'm like, "Are you seeing a big run on anything else?" He said, "Nope just just toilet paper. Wow,
0: wow. that's I, all so far." All right, we'll take a little break. If you have a question or a concern, or you've got uh, a mental health issue that you've it maybe is accelerated right now in the last week, let us know what it is. eight seven seven nine 877-933-2484. Be right back with Doctor Andy Scuttinger. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Andy Scutting is in studio. He's a psychologist, professor at North Central University here in the greater Twin Cities area. Great questions coming in, Andy. Um, just wondering uh, the difference between fear and anxiety. I think we all have a little of both right yeah. now. But uh, can you describe that difference?
1: Yeah. I just talked about this in a class. Oh, good. Not too long ago. I got to think of the, the right the right way to phrase it usually fear is something that is usually associated with something that kind of pops up right if if we let a tiger in the room like a definite threat right it's a definite threat yeah. we would feel fear and okay. that's a that's a good emotion
0: to have when something dangerous is happening walking down a dark street you go Ooh, yeah that? yeah you're ready to go that's a little bit of fear yeah. right
1: anxiety is a it's more of a state of being than it is a happening if that makes sense
0: Mm, So anxiety
1: is something that you have all the time um, or for long stretches of time where maybe you're at work and you haven't been performing well and you're worried about layoffs and you're on the edge. That's anxiety where nothing has happened specifically, but it's something that you're worried about and it's kind of a chronic issue. Fear is when your boss comes in and says, I need to speak with you right now. That's that sudden feeling that's that's fear. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's really the biggest difference. You I don't think most people can feel fear for a really long time. It's a shorter term emotion because there's physiological aspects to it that will wind down Mm -hmm. after a certain point. Like if there was like literally if there was a tiger in this room and we would the three of us would be terrified. Right. Because it would look dangerous. But if it goes and sits in the corner for 10 minutes we're not going to feel that same stab of fear anymore.
0: Yeah, as long as it's in your corner. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> well, I've been known to tame tigers before, <laughs> okay, so you'd be safe. But, um, but, that, but then that would lend itself more to the, the tiger in the corner of the room is going to cause me anxiety because right. I'm going to be worried about it the whole time that it's there. And it may not go away for a while after the tiger finally leaves. I may still feel a lot of anxiety and it may hang on for a while, but you don't have that necessarily necessarily stabbing sense
0: of fear. Mm-hmm. When you uh, have a, a, a an occasion, an event like what we're going through right now, it seems to me that I'm talking about me personally, that it's easy to take things for granted. Whoa, have I changed my tune quickly? Yeah. Where you start to go, I need to start appreciating everything again. Like it's all fresh and new. Yeah. It's kind of a nice feeling. Yeah. So um, when you see the disruption, and I'm you know, even thinking about the releases we have in life, maybe watching a hockey game at night, a couple hours, or a baseball game. Yeah. All these things that aren't happening. Uh, I know there's people who love their sports, and they don't get a chance to do any of that right now. Right. Um, So there is so few places where you can... Uh, find um, recreation and relief. So, if you're all cooped up, what do you do? You must have an idea or two. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, honestly, it, this is going to sound almost lame and cliche. Okay. But go take a walk.
0: Yeah, that is lame and cliche. Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> totally. Right. <laughs> no, it's go actually, take a walk.
0: It's a perfect thing. Take some deep breaths. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: <laughs> I actually, I'll, I'll tell you something. Here's. Well, it's not totally germane to your question, so I'll get to it in a second. But yeah, find find some new or some old hobbies that you've let die, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have kids who are going to be home now mm-hmm. for the next four, five, six weeks or whatever, and you're not a teacher, many of you listeners. You're not homeschooling your kids. They're home, right? Yeah. And your schools are hopefully providing you with materials that they can use and they can do, but... The kids are going to get stir-crazy at some point, and so will adults. You know, you might have to go back to let's get that old box of puzzles out or let's get the box of Legos out or let's find some things that we've done before that we can revisit again. Um, For people who have a sports fixation, I totally understand. I'm I'm a big sports fan, and the older I get, the less important it becomes to me, but still, you're right. I last night I was thinking, man, I wish I could just turn on a basketball game yeah,
0: just for forty five minutes, to yeah, watch. You don't just have to watch the forget whole thing. about
1: all this coronavirus stuff, all yeah. this covid nineteen and just escape a little bit well, guess what there's ebooks, yeah, you got ebooks, you got puzzles in your closet, pull out some of those little board games that you haven't played with your kids in a long time yeah there's yeah. a lot of things that you can do to spend your time well and wisely.
0: you have seventy two hundred pictures on your phone.
1: Oh, that's a great you, idea. You can
0: start going through and I should do dumping that. pictures or Thank transferring you. the ones you want to keep onto a little portable hard drive. Yeah. Start cleaning up some of that.
1: My wife's, I think, in a meeting now. We're on her way to one, so she's not going to hear this, but we should probably, like, clean out our storage closet this weekend. And we're not going to go to a movie. We're not yeah. going out anywhere. Yeah. So we might as well spend Saturday getting something done. Yeah. Get, um, you know, for a lot of you who have dogs, you know what's waiting for you in
0: the yard. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Time to go pick it up. And then talk, Andy, a little bit about how you uh, model calm uh, around uh, younger kids who are wondering why you know mom and dad are home all the time and and why they talk with tension uh, regarding things.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent. That's an excellent point. It it depends on the age of your kids. You know, if you have a 17 and a 15 year old, you can talk about economic realities with them yeah. and they'll probably understand it. If you have a nine and a five and a three year old, you you, you can't say, hey, mommy and daddy might not have a job next week. You right. know, that's not a conversation you have with kids that age. And so I would encourage parents to be really judicious about where and how they have those difficult conversations um, because kids are listening. They're paying very close attention to our body language and the tone that we use and, you know, how big our eyes get when we talk about, I hope we have enough food next week. Mm-hmm. That That's not something you want to say in front of a, a nine-year-old or a five-year-old. Um, it's going to happen probably, you know, but kids, kids are also remarkably resilient. When you give them a good explanation for what we should and shouldn't be worried about, they usually will take that from you as parents as pretty much gospel truth. Mm-hmm. And so when you can model that sense of calm around your kids and reassure them, these are hard times, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. And when you, if you sincerely believe that your kids will believe that too, they, they will follow you. You know, if you're running around the living room in a panic and demanding that your spouse run to the store now and find more toilet paper or mm-hmm. else. That, that's, you know, kids kids are watching that too. And that, that's not good for them. That doesn't give them a sense of surety. And,
0: you know, remind them too who is actually in control of this world. Yeah. And there's a, a lot of good sermons on the internet you can watch. There are a million uh, good uh, messages that are MP3s you can... Yeah. Download a bunch of great sermons and start to just dig into great Bible teaching. Absolutely. I I do that anyway all the time. So, I mean, my life has not been disrupted that much.
1: And there's tons of archived Bill Arnold in the Afternoon shows online. Thank you. Right? Yes.
0: Okay. So, here's $5. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Here's another question that came in or a comment. And I like this because it's a good reminder. And uh, this listener said, I uh, get my food delivered, and um, what I normally eat is mostly out of stock. So she said, I don't hoard. I'm like Paul. I know how to be abased and how to abound. Please tell people they aren't the center of the universe. Wow, that's pretty good advice. Uh, yeah, we've known that for a long time, though, haven't we?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, you know, you, some of us might have to just spend a week eating rice and beans, and hang on to that sort of thing. I mean, that, that could be what you need to do. Um, people can make the choice to do that anyway, to say, well, I'm not going to, not going to eat all the typical things that I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy a bag of Doritos this week for my family. We're not going to have any of that kind of stuff. We're going mm-hmm. to eat this just fruits and vegetables. And, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that you can deal with this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now is a great time for those of you who are going to be home for the next few weeks. Now's a really good time to try to develop a new habit. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, perfect. I mean, why not? If you've got time on your hands and you're trying to do something different, you really can only make one major change to your life at a time. I mean, you can't you can't decide to do three different things to make them new about yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. So work on a new habit. All right, Andy, let's talk about uh, contrasting the hoarding phenomenon with Lent and sacrifice.
1: whoof. I am not a Lenten behavior expert.
0: Okay. Well, just about, um, you know, leading up to Easter, what, how should we be making sacrifices that we wouldn't normally make when our mentality right now is try to get all, my hands on everything I can? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's closet. an
1: interesting juxtaposition there. Um, I mean,
0: like, again, I said yeah. this is unprecedented time, so it, we have no point it of reference.
1: absolutely is. No, and that that's a really important thing to remember is there is no point of reference for this. There, We have... We have nothing, anybody living today, there's very few people living today who have anything like this in their experience. And so, you know, we're looking to models. We're looking to the government. We're looking to, um, you know, celebrities. We're looking to our pastors and teachers. What are we supposed to do here? Right. Well, they don't know either. And it's, a, it's an important piece to remember to be really forgiving to people that we feel judgmental about mm-hmm. because they're, they're in the same boat as everybody else. This is new, uncharted ter- territory. So, how do you, you know, what do you sacrifice for Lent? Yeah, maybe that's. that's I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question. Yeah, and I and I would suggest that people think hard about making a decision like that. What yeah. what do I want to sacrifice at this time? And is it actually a sacrifice? Good point. You know what? what well, I'll sacrifice this because the grocery store doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> okay, well, that's not a sacrifice, right? Right. right. I'm going to stop. Going to Timberwolves games and give that money to charity. Right. Well, yeah. there aren't that. any. So that's, that's not really all that yeah. impressive.
0: What about sleep disturbances when you wake up and your heart's a little racing and you start to feel a little bit of panic and it's mm-hmm. 1 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And well, how do you um, encourage someone in that situation to calm down and figure out a way to get back to sleep? There's physical things that you can do that are really easy. Um,
1: one is to just use simple breathing techniques Mm -hmm. right in slow out slow and just take deep long breaths it really does I mean it's it's been proven for centuries to work very well ease your breathing don't breathe fast just nice and easy Um, the other thing that you can do during that time is if you're in your bed just lay on your back if, if that's comfortable obviously lay in a comfortable position but then you just inventory your body from toe to head or head mm-hmm. to toe. I don't. I mean, it doesn't really matter what direction you want to go, but you just literally concentrate on each part of your body, section by section. The top of your head, and just think about relaxing it, and feel your own, feel your hair, feel your ears, feel your eyebrows. Close your eyes. You mm-hmm. feel all that stuff kind of relax and shut down, and just imagine your all that tense energy draining into your bed or your chair or whatever yeah. you're sitting in and just go from,
0: from top to bottom. Yeah. Just a deep relaxation, huh? Yeah. yeah. Those are,
1: those are easy, simple techniques that you can do. Another thing you can do when you're feeling like panicked or you wake up feeling like that, you know, is you can pray maybe deep, breathing or <laughs> deep, deep, I don't breathing? even know. Yeah. Deep, yeah. deep, breathely. breathe deeply. <laughs> wow. I, I got a microphone in my mouth. Um, And just give it to God. Yeah, I mean, that's cast your cares upon the Lord, you know, is take up Jesus' yoke and let him take yours. And just remember that. That can be really helpful, even in the middle of the night, just to say, there's nothing I can do right now. Mm -hmm. It's one o'clock in the morning. I'm panicked and awake. There's literally nothing I can do right now. If you, you know, if you feel like I don't have enough stuff, that can wait until morning. Yeah. Because the grocery store is probably closed because they're restocking. Right, right. right. They're not going to let you in. No. Just realize what you can do and what you can control. And in the middle of the night, there's not much you can control other than
0: yourself yeah. and what's going on in your own mind. And just think calmly. Yeah, I like that. Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest. We'll take a little break, come back. We've got one more segment with him. If you've got a question or a concern, let us know. Text it over 877 933 2484. Scotty is in the studio and we're just talking a little bit about our mental health, especially when there's a lot of uh, fear and anxiety in the world. And obviously we want to take our cares to the Lord and and, uh, take them right where they belong. But there's also, uh, in addition to just everyday life, there's people who are isolated and they're going through feelings of sadness and loneliness. And there might be uh, people really suffering because their little uh, meeting on Wednesday night or their coffee on Tuesday has just been postponed and It's too much alone time, and they're feeling sad and lonely. Then what, Andy? Yeah,
1: that's that's a significant challenge, and that's hard. Um, in In particular, the elderly are at risk for not only the coronavirus, but for these loneliness and isolation issues. And so I think I would encourage a lot of our listeners, if you know somebody who is in that category, somebody who's an older person who isn't getting out to where they normally are, Find a way to connect with them. You know, a phone call can be a wonderful thing. Um, and if they don't have a phone, I mean, I would, I would assume just about everybody now has at least a landline that you can call. Give somebody a call. Just check up on them once a week, mm-hmm. maybe twice a week. It doesn't have to be a long phone call. Just to touch base with them and say hello. Um, you know, like I said, go out. If your neighbors are out and you know that they're not connected, go to... Go stand outside and talk to them for a little bit, and and make a connection if you can. Um, if you have parents out there who you know are not able to get together with their friends anymore, call them more often. Check mm-hmm. in with them. Um, send them send them a card, or send them a letter, or send them an email if they're if they're connected with email. That's another thing that people can do is is send notes to one another. Um, we can combat loneliness with little touch points like that pretty well. And those become much more powerful in times like this. I bet. Because people, they, they generally understand, look, I, my kids can't come visit me because they would put me in danger. Yeah. You know, most most people will understand that. But anything that you can do to make a connection, even a small one like that can be very powerful, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Just creating those little small positive moments. Can yeah. go a long way, can't they? Oh, absolutely. But if you're lonely and feeling um, sad, how do you reach out to loved ones and say, hey, I'm lonely and sad? Exactly how you said it. Oh, okay. I think you, you
1: call your kids and say, I'm, I'm lonely and I'm sad, and I would like to talk to you. Yeah. And Or can we schedule a time? Because, you know, most parents, so many times parents say, I, I don't want to bother my right. kids because they're busy. They have their own kids, their own families. And that's where we have to agree to just understand with one another. Hey, it's it's okay. I understand. I can see why you're feeling lonely, and I can totally see why you're feeling sad. Um, that's that's part of what we have to do to adjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're all really busy. And yeah, that's it's a problem with the world today. It's also a good thing with the world today. You know, too many. It's so easy to be like, oh, the problems with the world today is we're too busy. Mm-hmm. Well, that that busyness makes the world a better place in a lot of ways too. Yeah. So it's it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. And so if you I would say to any of our elderly listeners, if you if you're feeling sad and lonely and you need somebody to talk to, it's also partly your job to pick up the phone and call someone. You know, if you feel like mom, my kids don't call me enough, then then call them mm-hmm. and tell them how you really feel. And I can almost guarantee you most of them are going to talk to you. Or if they are busy, maybe you just say I know you might be busy right now, but can we call later when it's a better time for mm-hmm. you? I'd really like to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a really important step to take. We have to be willing to, to kind of st- take that step forward ourselves. Yeah. Too. And
0: our brains like light, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Especially now that it's springtime and then yes. we've got more sunshine and yep. it you can be out alone in the sun and just taking in some fresh air and that will make a difference. I think, to your mood, won't it? Oh, absolutely. And no
1: one's going to think you're weird if you're just standing out in your front lawn in the sun. Maybe they do think you're weird. (laughs) But you know what? Who cares, right? Maybe your neighbors will come and talk to you and make sure you're okay. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just getting some vitamin D the natural way, right? Right. (laughs) And for those of you who can't get outside very often, it might be a good idea to take some vitamin D. That actually is a really helpful little vitamin that does help us replace the lack of sunlight that we get.
0: Uh Andy, when is it time to go get some help because you're having trouble coping with anxiety, fear, or panic?
1: When it becomes uh, overwhelming and constant, okay, um, and that's that's when it's time to go get some maybe some professional help. When you can't, when you're trying and you just can't shake these heavy feelings of anxiety or fear, uh, that's when you you need to go talk to somebody. Um, I I don't know how many therapists out there are saying I'm not meeting with clients right now. I would guess a lot of them are meeting with clients remotely.
0: Yeah, you can do Skype Um, or phone. Oh, absolutely. People just want to talk and get their fears out there. Yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. I would would recommend calling any counseling agency that you've worked with before or that you've heard of or even just cold calling and just saying, look, I I need to talk to somebody. Um, You know, your insurance will probably cover some of those things. You might have to pay out of pocket. I mean, therapists need to get paid too. I mean, we can't expect them to do all of mm-hmm. this for free. Um, they, they still have to make a living themselves. Um, but, I, you know, you can social distance in a room with enough space. You know, as long as you've got six feet or whatever the number is, mm-hmm. you're smart about it. I don't see why yeah. therapists couldn't, couldn't see clients. That's it, up to them. Yeah. That's their choice. Is it
0: helpful just to name the fear?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, just call your loved one or a friend and say, I'm feeling this. Yeah. Just name the fear. That's really important because it gives the other person a sense of what you're going through. And
1: sometimes naming our, our fears and our insecurities, sometimes even just saying things out loud can literally mm-hmm. make us feel better about them. Like if I say, I'm afraid of snakes, just just saying that and having somebody else share that with you can be powerful for you just to get it out there that someone else knows and someone else can understand. And they don't look at you like you're weird or crazy. They look at you with empathy, and that's that's a positive thing for most people. Mm-hmm. So if you are if you are feeling fearful of this COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, it both things are, are okay. If this pandemic is causing you to feel a great deal of fear, go ahead and name it. Tell somebody you trust, I'm afraid of this thing, and I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me. I, I am fearful. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a, that's a healthy response. What becomes unhealthy is when you become obsessed with it, and it's all you think about, and it's getting in the way of what you would normal, what you would consider normal functioning. When your fears and anxieties are getting in the way of you functioning normally, that that's when it becomes a problematic
0: issue. Mm-hmm. And then, what about having a positive attitude? I think that's something that we all doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Oh, man. It's helpful, isn't it? It is incredibly, I, mean, I shouldn't incredibly be talking. helpful. I, I'm not the most positive guy in the world, but I'm trying to be.
1: Positivity trumps pessimism almost every time when it comes to having a good outlook. It, it really does. It, there's nothing wrong with having some levels of pessimism. You know, that keeps us from getting into trouble sometimes, right? When somebody calls you on the phone and says, have I got an offer for you? (laughs) I'm a Nigerian prince and I want to put a million. No, Pessimism, there's a good, healthy thing, right? Skepticism. Um, But having a positive outlook on life in general is, is really helpful. Mm -hmm. In fact, that brings me to something that I, I did want to share with everybody, the breads of stress management. Good. And so this is kind of an old classic, but it really works well. So the B is for breathing. Okay. You know, if you're feeling really stressed or feeling a lot of anxiety, like I spoke about earlier, breathe. Yeah. Just breathe slowly and carefully and deeply. It does relax you. It does relax mm-hmm. you. So the R is relaxation. You know, relax your body, mm-hmm. let the tension drain off, just relax. Um the E is for exercise. Yep. And it I'm telling you, listeners, if you're feeling anxious, really go for a walk, ride your bike. The streets are pretty clear, at least in the Twin Cities here. Mm-hmm. If you can ride your bike or go for a walk, do it. Those yeah. are good things for clearing your mind. Um, the A is for attitude. Having a good attitude is very, very important. Having a positive attitude. Despite all the negative things going on with this virus, we still understand that God is in control. And if you are a believer and you are saved, what what do you truly have to fear? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of attitude. So the D is for Diet. Eat good food.
0: Yep. Helps you know, your immune system. Yeah,
1: you don't want to be stocking up on frozen pizza and chips. Right. And I mean, that's, that's not great for you. And the S is super important. Sleep. Yeah. And if you don't have to be at work at 7 o'clock in
0: the morning anymore, make sure you're getting enough sleep. It's super important yeah. to your mental health. It's and, good sleep. Yeah. And is it good to write stuff down? Should you write stuff down if you're, I mean, kind of journaling? Oh, like your feelings? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 A lot of studies have shown
1: that journaling could be a really therapeutic activity. Absolutely.
0: And then uh, I would always uh, say that humor is another way to deflate some of your worst fears. Yeah. You know, if you can call a friend or an old friend that you know that you guys just get together and laugh with, just get on the phone and have a big laugh. Yeah.
1: Humor Is a fantastic medicine. Mm -hmm. And I I mean that from not only anecdotally, but uh, a scientific perspective. I know.
0: Humor is very, very Releases uh, endorphins in your brain. God put in our heads this uh, pharmacy of chemicals. Oh, yeah. That is accessed by laughter, um, and it's um, something that God wants us to do. Yeah, I don't recommend watching all your favorite sad
1: movies during this period of time. You know, find some good comedies. That's harder to do than it sounds, actually, but... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to binge watch some Netflix shows, find something that's got some good humor in it. I, I don't I don't recommend yeah. watching a bunch of sad yeah. stuff we're, right we're now. We're all in
0: this together, aren't we, Andy? Absolutely. Yeah, we can support each other and encourage each other, and let's just go to God's Word and His truth. And, uh, you know, pass on a, a, a scripture verse to someone that you know and care about and say, this verse really uh, got my attention today. Yeah. And uh, you'll be surprised how people will respond. I've been doing that a whole bunch lately, and it's... People are just very grateful. You bet. They love God's word. So um, that wraps up our show for the day. Uh, Special thanks to uh, Dr. Greg Borgond and Rob Bluey and Dr. Andy Scuttiga, who's here with me in the studio. Thank you for listening. Go to MyFaithRadio.com. If you missed any of this, have a great night, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow.